What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode number 109 of the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I'm your host, JPB. And today we are talking about how to get past self-consciousness when trying to start an exercise practice. This question was actually um, submitted by a listener. And I don't like to um, give names because I don't have your consent to do so. And some of these things that we talk talk about are um, very vulnerable and personal. And so you know who you are. Uh, thank you so much for this question. It was actually um, through Instagram. And I am always so grateful. I'm so grateful for all of our interactions. And so I will say to everyone else listening today, that if you have questions or you have ideas that um, you want help flushing out, you want me to speak on something in particular, I am happy to do so. All of my information is in the show notes every week. Instagram is probably the easiest way to reach me. I spend a lot of attention there. Um, But if you don't have that platform, um, email me or, you know, I I do have a website. So thank you for this question in advance. Let's get into this first. And I've already said this to you, but I, I do want to revisit this. I want to look at the language that we're using here because language is information for our brain and body to make sense out of an experience and give it meaning. So the question was actually, there was a word I left out there, (laughs) how to get past paralyzing self-consciousness when trying to start an exercise practice. So my question is, is this actually paralyzing? Is it, are you incapacitated? Really looking at what paralyzing means. What is the definition of that? Or is it just incredibly uncomfortable and make us not want to take action? That will also have a visceral kind of response. You will also feel some things in your body from that discomfort. And so making that distinction may seem trivial, but it is, it is important, important when we are approaching these things and trying to make these internal shifts and change the story that the narrative that we have going on, that we address these things. Sometimes we exaggerate the language that we use and send escalated information back to our brain and body about what is needed in this moment or what is possible going forward. Things like I'm starving, when I'm really just hungry and need to eat. We need to be aware of how we're talking to ourselves, the information that we're giving to our brain and body. And I'm not doubting if, if it is paralyzing, just curious because this is not my experience. And so I don't have that answer here. So when we are starting any type of new practice, it is hard because we're attempting to create something new, which is unfamiliar. And our brain is going to put up resistance to stay in a familiar, predictable place. And I think maybe 
for others, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, I'm making up a story that it is also true for others. Um, and I know for myself that I underestimate just how much resistance, how uncomfortable and how efficient our brain is at keeping us from stepping out into the unknown, which is anything that we don't already do on a regular basis. Even if we can intellectualize about it being not that big of a deal, it is still unknown and uncomfortable and our brain is going to try and stop that in order to protect us from the pain and uncertainty that, you know, potential danger, all of those things. So it may not make very much sense when we are trying to create habits that will benefit us, but the brain doesn't know about that. It just knows that what is familiar is safe because it's predictable and it knows how to navigate what is already known. And so with that, start small, like ridiculously small. It may seem ridiculous the the tiny little markers for steps do that anyways make the goal achievable without a doubt that you can achieve it and then celebrate those wins and we're going to talk a little bit more about both of those things here in a little bit but when it comes to the gym in particular do whatever it is that feels good to you find a gym buddy if you want a partner if it's more fun to go with somebody or find a corner of the gym that isn't crowded if you like to work out alone. Join a class. Make it a thing that you actually want to be doing. Because all of us know that we should work out, which is such a terrible word and I don't like to use it, but movement is good for our health. And if we have, you know, strength goals or aesthetic goals or whatever kind of goals that we want to accomplish in the gym, we have to go do that thing. And yes, people might be staring at the gym. People like to look. It happens, but it might not be what you think it is. I, for one, have a terrible habit of staring. My voice is still recovering from um, all of the sickness and traveling and all of the things in the last uh, few weeks. So bear with me here. I've lost my train of thought people stare. It happens. I I stare. That's where we were. I, I have a terrible habit of staring. Ask my husband. I am a looky-loo for sure. And at the gym, if I'm looking at someone, it is because I like their outfit and I wonder where I can get it from. Or because they look super fucking strong and I'm impressed by the workout. Or the workout looks really great or because it's an exercise that looks cool and I might want to try it too. So when we try and figure out what others are thinking, we're just making shit up. And that shit is coming from our own head, from our own beliefs about ourselves and about our abilities. And that's a whole other episode about self-criticism and internal judgment. And I will do that later on. And so, although still uncomfortable, when I feel uncomfortable, you know, working out around people, it's not that I never feel discomfort in this area. I just tell myself the story that my workout looks badass and then mind my business and get to work. Because I know that when I'm looking at people, that's why. We are the ones who tell the stories in our heads. And it may take some intentional reshaping and constant reframing for some of us. 
These things are not always easy, but moving away from the shame and judgment and constant concern of what others might be thinking is absolutely worth it. Again, you are the one who gets to make up the stories that live in your head. You choose what you give attention to. Choose what is useful in lifting you up and helping you to do the shit that you want to be doing. So I have six things that you can do to start reshaping the the story and taking action, because action is always key, to get past the paralyzing self-consciousness when trying to start your gym or exercise practice. And you know what? I, I just realized... Um, that I inserted gym into this equation when you may not even be wanting to go to the gym. And if that's the case, starting at home is, you know, takes away that whole piece of being self-conscious in the gym. So I don't know if that applies or not. If it does, take that. If not, leave it. But here are the six my my most important six things that I have come up with uh, to help in these areas. Number one, pay attention to your thoughts and your language, like we talked about a little bit earlier. Ask yourself these questions and write them down if that is more useful, but really ask yourself in your head or aloud, however that works. Is this thought useful? Is what I just said useful? Is it helpful? Is, can I use this to, you know, help me take action and accomplish this thing I want to do? So often we identify with our thoughts and just believe them to be true, especially when they're negative. But thoughts are just things. They come and they go if we let them. But what we give attention to sticks. We are not our thoughts. We are the person who notices our thoughts. We get to choose which ones we hold on to. And when we give those thoughts attention, we are telling our brain that this is important and relevant information. So then our brain is going to look for more of that information. And you can see how this can lead to spiral. So the first thing, pay attention to your thoughts. What is running around your head? We have to train our attention and we have to curate our mental thought space and patterns to be useful and to be usable. Number two, celebrate your wins, all of them, each and every step, every single time you try something and fail because you're taking action and you're learning. Every time you make the smallest step towards the thing you want, every time you choose to show up for yourself. And that one is big because when we choose to do the little things to care for ourselves or the big things, but I think we more often dismiss the small things. We are telling ourselves that we are worthy and deserving of that care, of that time, attention, and energy. And so celebrating ourselves, especially as women, isn't something we've been encouraged to do. We're taught generally to not be too loud or too conceited, not to brag too much. Don't take up too much space here. Don't be too proud of yourself. And so I'm here to tell you, And if you need it to borrow some permission, which you absolutely don't need from me or anyone else, but I will lend some if needed, you have permission to celebrate yourself out loud and celebrate big for anything and everything. Nothing is too small. You get to decide what is worth your, worth your celebration. 
whatever that looks for you, right? Looks like for you right now. And that may look like a silent acknowledgement that you did the thing or that you are proud of yourself for showing up. And that's a win. We don't go from zero to a hundred all of a sudden. If we, if we are not used to celebrating ourselves, doing some big kind of outlandish wild celebration is not going to feel it's just, it's going to be too much for a nervous system. We have to titrate these things. Baby steps, always, always for the win. Which is why, again, making these things achievable, making these things, making, setting the bar so low that you absolutely have no question that you can achieve it. And then building on that. Number three, those two things that I just mentioned, both take a level of awareness and mindfulness. So number three is mindfulness. And we need that so that we can press pause and then notice what it is that's running on repeat through our head. And when we have something to celebrate, then we will be aware of it. Mindfulness just means paying attention, being here right now and noticing what is happening, not worrying about the past or the future like we tend to do. What do you see right now? What do you hear? What do you feel both inside and outside of your body? Awareness always comes before intervention, and it's easy to miss when we are busy going through life on patterns and habits that we have created to help us. But those habits and patterns are not necessarily still helpful because things change. We change. We want different things. So we have to create new patterns and new habits. And we have to slow down in order to recognize those things and have some awareness of what's going on. So slow down for at least five minutes each day, whatever that looks like for you. Sitting in silence, going for a walk, doing some stretching or yoga, focusing on your breath, and really paying attention to what exists in those moments. What thoughts are running through your head? How are you feeling? Just what is happening in and around you? Mindfulness or paying attention takes practice like anything else, like everything else that we are beginning or trying to make more efficient. You have to train your attention and that takes intention with its direction. You have to direct your mind's focus. And on here I have move your body, which I understand is your goal, but I don't mean there is a difference between movement and exercise. They are different things. All exercise is movement. Not all movement is exercise. And so when you are feeling these anxious feelings and starting to have that self-doubt and then be self-conscious, that's based in anxiety, shake, jump, dance, walk, move that anxious energy, which, you know, comes with these self-conscious, hyper uh, self-aware feelings. It's key to be able to switch from that emotional fear-based brain state to a more rational and compassionate state where you can then assess your thoughts and your actions and make decisions for what is most useful and usable in the moment. When we're in an elevated sympathetic state, we don't have access to our higher level cognitive skills that are needed to make sense of our initial reactions. So take a moment to move that anxious energy, get that thinking brain working. I have forgotten what number we're on. I think we are, where are we at? This is number five. Take action. 
This one's short and sweet. We learn from experience. We change our brain and body patterns with experience. We give our brain new reference points for what we are capable of, what is safe when we take action. Action is the key. So again, start small and then build it how you want it. Start so small. Yes, five minutes really does count. Work up from there. Yes, doing, you know, walking or doing some simple movements that aren't whatever is your end goal still counts. Because if you never start, you're never going to get there. You have to start somewhere. So start as small as possible and then build it how you want it. Make it achievable. And number six, and probably the most important here, give your own opinion more value than that of others. Yes, we are social species. It's a survival thing. So that's not going to go away. Our desire to be accepted. We want to be accepted so we have a better chance of survival. But when we are only looking externally for the approval that we desire, we then only exist within the parameters of someone else's head. And how we exist to them, and if we're acceptable, and how much you know approval we have, will change based on how they feel, and how they learn, and how they grow, or don't. No one's opinion matters about you more than your own. And another note on that is that no one is thinking about us as much as we think about ourselves, because we are all self-obsessed and worried about what others are thinking about us. We don't consume the attention of others like we think. We just don't, because we're too busy in our own heads thinking about what other people think of us. But ultimately, give your own opinion more value than that of others. That is what I have for you today. I hope that it's useful. I would love to hear back from you. Um, You know who you are. And anyone else, again, if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, ideas for podcast episodes, I always love to hear them. My information is in the show notes. You can find me there. Or if you just want to drop by and say hi, I always love hearing from you. I'm so grateful that you are here listening. You could be doing anything else with your time. And I am not lost on that. Time and attention are the most valuable resources that we have. And I'm grateful for yours. I hope you have a beautiful week. And until next time, peace out.